everybody. I'm Vircho. Welcome to the Royals FC show with me as always. I've got, I guess not as always, because <laughs> we haven't had her here in like a month. Okay. Anyways, welcome back, Cindy, everybody. Hey. Yay. Yay. Yeah, been, Cindy's back. It's been three weeks. Hold on. Three weeks. Yeah, let's not exaggerate and say a mm. month. Three weeks. I mean, that's the lifespan of so many flies, you know. <laughs> sure. Think of how many it's a good frame of creatures have died. Yep. Fair and enough. lived Fair enough. in the time span that you've been on the show. Well, yeah, there there went our listener count. Yeah, <laughs> as a show, we almost folded. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Um. Yeah. So we have Cindy and Ryan. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is a real special show. It's episode thirty. Excellent. Uh. Yeah. And so it's also going to be a little bit different. When writing up the outline for the show, I had three different titles come to mind. Uh, one, contrary to the message of equality, two, the state of women's soccer, and three, angry reacts only. Uh, I don't think we've decided which one we're going to go with yet, um, but the fact that even one title was written before we did the show, I think that's pretty indicative that this is going to be a good one, and it's going to be super ranty. Oh, yeah. So we're going to moan and complain about the recent broadcast changes that have been made. Because um, those are really, really problematic. Uh, we're going to talk about the KSL app. We're going to talk about the statement. We're going to talk about how much we miss Carla and Greg, mm. although, you know, they're both going their own ways. Um, and then we're going to talk about Sky Blue. Um, we're going to talk about the game. Actually, we'll talk about the game first before we do all those things. Um, but we're going to wrap the show up by talking about the state of Sky Blue and why it's problematic and just sort of outline all the warrants and all the things that are going on there and why they're bad. Um, so, yeah, it's an important show and it definitely goes from what's beyond the pitch. And we've been wanting to do this for a while. Mm. So um, definitely, definitely feel free to share the show like all other shows. But this one goes beyond the pitch. Um, so do we want to talk about the game? Sure. Yeah. Um, right. It was frustrating that it was so similar to the last time that they played at Sky Blue. They, you know, had to come from behind then too, and they, they won that game, and that was even kind of lucky, uh, you know. Um, mm. But and then again, they they fell behind uh, by two goals this week uh, to a team that you know. Uh, this is again why they say you don't play the game on paper. But I mean, we we shouldn't. The Royals shouldn't be struggling with Sky Blue because nobody has really this season. And that's horribly cruel to say, especially in light of what we're going to say about them later on. But I mean, just from a realistic soccer perspective, like these these are winnable games home or away. And for so much of the beginning of it, you know, knowing what's at stake in terms of their playoff chances, the Royals did not look like they cared mm -hmm. at, at all. They just they were not doing enough to to get any sort of a positive result out of that game. So the fact that they that they did even, um, you know, last gasp um, with with Amy's amazing shot there, um, you know, it people were saying that it was a one of those draws that felt like a loss. But all things considered, I felt pretty good about it, that it got back to level and, and that they at least got a point out of it because even that one point, you know, changes what their hopes are for making it to the postseason. So yeah. there's, there's my basic rundown of that. 
Yeah. And I, it's really just um, disappointing to see that you have a team that knows they have to win this game and they just can't get going. And <laughs> seriously, that lightning break probably was <laughs> a blessing <laughs> from <laughs> um, for their season because I think Sky Blue should have won this game and maybe it took the lightning break for them to be like, okay, we need to do something. Um, so yeah, I feel, I feel for Sky Blue, um, and the ref had every right to keep the time going. Um, I know that we've heard that they, uh, they should have called the game, but obviously if, if your goalkeeper is wasting time, um, and also you have to let the play finish, you know, the ref is not just going to call but right in the middle. Um, but I think most of my um, disappointment is that Royals should have won this game, and they didn't. And so, um, yeah, that's. I think they should have won, and it's disappointing that they did not do really well up until the last 25 minutes of the game after the lightning break. And that's all I got on that. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. I actually lost what my train of thought was there for a minute. I had an idea, and now it's gone. Mm. But it but it was. It was just, it was frustrating to, to see, like, you know that the Royals could have had a much better game. And sure. then um, just really, really struggled in that one. And that's just kind of, I mean, that's what's going to separate the teams that win the championship from those that mm -hmm. don't is you've got to, You've got to come out with that mentality. I mean, RSL kind of did the same thing against Houston. They were not in that game for most of it, and then it took two goals in stoppage time to win it. Like, score those goals. Um, Rusnak said that. I mean, I wanted to copy and paste that to everybody I knew what he said at halftime of that game because my thought was not only do I agree with you that RSL isn't doing these, but I just watched a, a Royals game where they also you know, weren't taking advantage of their chances, mm -hmm. weren't passing crisply enough in the midfield, didn't take advantage of what was in front of them. Like Both of those teams should have been clearly dominating their games by halftime For sure. and, just, and just didn't. And, and I, said, I was like, Albert, you beautiful man, you, <laughs> you said exactly what I say, what I feel like I say every week. Like, you know, the execution just isn't there, and you cannot wait for the 85th minute of a game you know, you can't count on it falling your way at that point, no matter how well you play. So sure. um, hopefully the message that's getting told to them in training out in D.C. right now is you guys have to start this match against Washington from the opening whistle mm. with that intensity and that accuracy. Mm. And you have to take this game over right mm. now and win. Um, yeah. Just don't even let, don't even let them have a chance. Yeah. I was thinking today that... Um, I think I was reading that Kelly O'Hara has missed 15 games for the Royals. 15. Ooh. And I, I just, I'm like, and this isn't to discredit, you know, uh, Katie Bowen and, you know, Becca Morales, those outside backs. But I'm like, I think this season would have been very different if Kelly O'Hara would have been healthy. And not to put it on a single player, but what she, like, 
she doesn't get enough credit for what she contributes from the back. Um, and she's, she's really good at contributing, um, you know, the play from the back. And, and I think, I think a lot of the Royals, obviously the midfield, the attack we know, but I think this is a different season if O'Hara is 100% healthy and, um, you know, not that the season is on Kelly O'Hara, but I think it would have helped tremendously, honestly, if she was healthy. Um, that was just my thought today as I watched the rain. Yeah, <laughs> no, that that's absolutely true. And, and it's, again, to draw another, you know, in the RSL family parallel, um, the men's team has said much the same thing about Tony Beltran being missing. You know, in both cases, you're talking about your right side fullback, um, but it's a veteran. It's somebody who's very experienced, knows their mm -hmm. defensive responsibilities, mm -hmm. has the speed and the vision to be involved in the attack when it goes forward like that. I mean, you know, I think Tony's crossing and passing ability is is very underrated. Uh, and, you know, we know that stuff about O'Hara. We, we don't underrate her. And so, you, you know, you're right. It would be very... I think very different if the team had had her available for the last three months, um, especially in some of the tougher matches where things were struggling to get going. Um, you know, she can be a spark in a lot of ways out of the back, or even when we, when the team was using her as a forward for those couple of games. I mean, that was uh, brought a totally different dynamic to that front line to put her up there. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hoping yeah. we get to see her at least once or twice, maybe here at the end of the year. Hopefully. I think she gets some minutes for the Washington game. I I think maybe because of the conditions in Sky Blue with the rain and I don't, it did rain. Uh, maybe that was just a risk that they probably didn't want to take. Their field's a little choppy, yeah. too. You know, and, it's uh, you not go. the best and grass. That's true. So and maybe she'll get some time. I think Washington has a better field than. Um, yes. Yes, they do. And if and if and if not, she can certainly come play on the beautiful grass at Rio Tinto in the last game. <laughs> it is really pretty. I said. Then on yeah, it. I mean you've been on it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it is really pretty. Yeah. Shout out to Dan Farns and his awesome ground crew. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Virtual. I agree with all that. I think. I think my biggest concern is so, Sky Blue have five points. Two of those points are from the Royals. Mm. That's a problem. That's a big problem. If you're drawing to that team twice. Wait um, a minute. Oh, no. Keep going. But I'm going to look something up. Okay. Um, I mean, I think it sort of begs the question that are we a playoff team? Because we didn't play like it until after the lightning delay. That lightning delay... Mm. was literally the best possible thing for us. Yeah. It was like the RSL Colorado game where RSL was killing it, lightning delay happened, and then Colorado came back. Um, and, I mean, you shouldn't be relying on an equalizer goal on the road in the last minute of stoppage time mm -hmm. to save your season. That's just yeah. unacceptable. Um, you know, you need... You need to be better there, period. Um, and I know we were talking about, um, you know, Kelly O'Hara a little bit, but I thought that Katie Bowen was fantastic that game. She did. She played well, for yeah. sure. 
she made some great tackles, but mm. um, yeah, definitely yeah. not our best performance as a team. Far from it. I I did my I did my I finished my research. They only got one point off us. Yeah, we I th- we, we 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 beat them twice. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking? about? No, didn't we draw them the last time we were in? In Sky Blue? No, Stengel no. scored that game winner at the end of it. They uh, won two. Oh they gosh, won two to that's one. That's right. And then I feel yeah. so dumb. And then we, <laughs> we so and then dumb. we and then we beat them two one here or three one here. Yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah. okay. But oh, still, man. but still, I mean, you can still make the argument that one point is too many to give that team. Mm. Like yeah. that should that that game this weekend should not have been a draw. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Man, that's silly of me. Why did I it's think that we drew okay. that game? It's okay. But you th- maybe you're thinking about North Carolina. Maybe. But we but we know. we took, you know, five points off of them. Yeah. It's been a long day, y'all. It's been a it's, long day. It's, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Should we okay. rant about women's soccer for a while then now? <laughs> yes. Let's yeah. do it. Um so Cindy recently wrote an article that confirmed um, what we had heard and then an eventual statement from the club that ESPN 700 and NWSL KMYU coverage is ending. Um, This is incredibly contradictory to the message that the men and women's team are equal. Mm. I don't care how you try to spin it, period. Uh, you're contradicting the message that you're trying so hard to promote, and that's so awesome that you're trying to promote. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. I'm I'm still gonna be a bit of a devil's advocate to that. In I mean, not that this can excuse it or spin the way out of it, but um, you know, I I can see the club's perspective at least on. You know, uh, they're they're still dealing with you know they can they can want to be equal all they want. Um, they're still dealing with the realities of what it costs to run those broadcasts and what sort of advertising revenue they're generating, what their viewership numbers are. Um, n- not that I would want them to not. I mean, especially when we're talking about three more games out of the season to. You know, just finish it out, and then if you can't afford it next season, you know, then explore another option. Um, mm-hmm. Figure out a way to live stream something instead of sending a whole broadcast crew to put on yeah. TV or something like. Like, I get that, but yeah, you know, th- there, there's got to be some sort of, uh, you know, after we discussed it all and and figured out that it was most likely just a, a money decision. Like, as much as that stinks, especially when you are talking about a guy we know, Deloy Hansen has money, but mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he's probably just making an, a, a, an unfortunately necessary business decision that means he can't justify that cost when there are other things that he, I mean, it, it, again, this is pure speculation, but if, if you, if we talked to him and he said, it's the difference between running three more Royals broadcasts or not doing x y and z for the players themselves mm. i would say fine i will not watch it on tv the players deserve that more yeah. but again i we, we don't know that but that's just a possibility um, and I, that I, yeah. that said i i absolutely agree though that like how do you say the teams are equal and you're going to do everything for them and you have been all this time and then you just oh well but today nope never mind they're not on mm. tv 
-hmm. Like that is, it is, it is wrong, um, mm -hmm. whatever the reasons are. Um. And I, sorry, but I, I think I get, you know, I don't know, I don't know anything about the team's finances. And I'm sure even Deloy is going to lose money this season just from bringing the Royals on so quickly. And I mean, there's no doubt he's, he's lost money. And, you know, maybe the shock has hit him. I don't know. But I think, I think the, the tr troubling thing is that why, why not wait until the end? You know, I think the fact that it was done so suddenly and there was nothing from the club. It took a news tip from people, um, you know, talk in the sports world for us to be like, we need to report this. Otherwise, I don't think probably the club would have waited until the end and nobody has any idea what's going on. So I think I, I get the action. I'm sure, you know, I, I understand why they would probably choose to do it. And, you know, the men are also kind of getting affected as well. But at the same time, it's like, why, why are you doing it right now? There's three games left. You're totally, totally messing up viewership right now. Um, and it's kind of not fair to the fans to do it with three games left, especially with... It's not at all. Yeah, especially with the playoff push. You're like, are, are you... It kind of sends the message that they're, they were kind of just giving up on the team because, you know, who knows if they'll make the playoffs. And there's a very high chance they won't. But it's not a good look at all on the club. And... I don't think I don't think it sends a very good message of not only the equality part, but it's like, are you are you giving up on these women right now when they're in a huge playoff push for their season? So it's kind of shade. And yeah, and and then the other like I mean you know the timing obviously coincided with what we ended up finding out about Carla leaving her position as the as the media manager for the mm -hmm. team, which also, you know, she's, I mean, if you're in school full time, as I currently know, um, she's not going to be traveling weekends and midweek to, you know, she's in school. She couldn't be in Washington this week to mm -hmm. broadcast a game. So, um, that probably, I would say, I mean, again, totally don't even know this, but if you find out that half of your broadcast team isn't going to be there for the last three games of the year, and you're already in the back of your mind thinking, ooh, this is really tight. Like, can we afford to do this right now? Or should we step back and rethink it? It might have made the decision, not, not blaming Carla here. Um, right. Her life is totally, like, she's doing what she needs to for her. And that's awesome. I love what she's doing. But if they go, well, if all we have is Greg and we've got to try and find a replacement right now for her, maybe we just don't do the broadcasts for these last three games since we were kind of already thinking it anyway. Like, that could have played a part. Um, it's hard to know that from out here. But, you know, just it, it does. It sucks, though, because, I mean, what I had to go through, and I know we're going to get into this, but, like, what I had to go through to watch that game Saturday, I, I shouldn't have to. And mm -hmm. no women, no NWSL fans should have to try and jump through those kind of hoops to, um, you know, to watch the game. We should be able to right. see this. So Yeah. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, I know Carla didn't apply to law school yesterday. <laughs> like, right. It, it, it's a process. Like, this is something the club should have known, should have prepped for it. And maybe they did. And 
it just didn't work out. But it it wasn't from Greg or, you know, probably Greg could have done fine just by himself. But maybe the club was just like, nah, we're done. And like I said, that's the message we're sending. They're sending. They can s- uh, even the press release was kind of funny because it said nothing. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it is that there was, I guess, so backing up, one, the club knew well ahead that Carla was going to grad school. We had been explicitly told that there was a backup to the backup, and Mm -hmm. Greg Rubel was totally ready and completely committed to carrying out his contract, and then they just decided to not do it. Mm. Second on this speculation argument is that the money is there, right? Um, So actually, back up. So I guess the the first argument that I want to make here is that in the, like, welcome video that Deloitte made, he said, one, equality is important. We're going to treat the teams the same. Second, he said he explicitly said that he knows he's going to take a loss on this and that's going to be fine um, because he cares about equality. Um, And I mean, it's not like RSL went out and just spent $30 million buying a number nine, right? You didn't even move anything in the transfer window. Um, If the reason that you can't like, to broadcast these last few games is because you're still paying $20,000 to Alfredo Ortuño for some reason a week, or Yura is still getting money, then that's ridiculous. And that's horrible on the GM period. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, it's just incredibly frustrating. And I know I'm being super blunt and super Frank and maybe a little too brutal here, but I just don't get it. Uh, players in the NWSL make between fifteen thousand and forty-five thousand dollars a year, yeah. yearly salary. That's weekly salary in the Premier League. You know, that's mm-hmm. fifteen thousand dollars a week. That's that's well below the poverty line. Mm. Uh, I don't see how. I am very concerned about this, and I don't know monetarily where this comes from because this should have been prepared for. I, I mean, I'm sure the club has expenses, but I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't get it with three games left. Uh, you know, talking to other fans, you're upsetting the fans. I'm sure you're upsetting the players. Uh, you've definitely upset Greg Rubel. Mm. Um, if you look at Twitter, uh, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. yeah. That the, yeah, and I mean it. It is you know uh, again like we've said we don't know you know exactly what you know we don't see the financial statements for the team and and for Deloy's companies and all of that. But you y- you do you have to think that like if you if you make that commitment up front then follow through the commitment because the message we're seeing now is well we were okay with it all until it got too tough mm. to to deal with. Um, and that is that that's not right for sure. And, you know, one of the things, you know, you mentioned, though, that idea of like, who are we still paying on the RSL side of things? And since they are so also interconnected with the same owner, you know, how does 
even though they really shouldn't like how does how do those finances affect what is will you know what's going to be spent uh, in other places um then and, and there was a piece of you know um what ended up getting um printed in the tribune about all of this where uh, part of the tape statement from the team made it sound like what they're really closely looking at is you know is the cost of sending david james and brian dunseth two away matches versus asking them just to drive down to Rio Tinto stadium, like they're going to do for the rest of this season and, and broadcast remotely. Like, does that have an impact on staying competitive as an MLS team? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are are they really looking at finances that tightly that like that's money that makes the difference in a player signing or not? Did they just come out of not being able to make a transfer in that window and think, if we'd had 500,000 more dollars or whatever the number might be, we could have gotten this guy. And now they're, well, okay, we could have saved that money by not doing remote away games anymore. Like, mm. who knows? We we may never hear that. I hope one day we do. At least here, you know, that decision was made out of a, we're going to make the on-the-field product better because of this. Because that might be the only even remotely slightly okay way to kind of swallow some of this is we got some amazing talent and we're going to start winning championships left and right with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish it didn't have to happen this way though, because mm. it's, it's frustrating. Like we're not wrong to be irritated by this. Right. Right. Hmm. Can I um, also clarify? I mean, so like my ranting and I mean, I know you two both feel this way, is that we don't mean to shit on the club by any means. Right. Everyone who I've ever interacted in with the club is wonderful. They're fantastic. Uh, you know, if I saw Papa Loy Loy on the street, like, you're sure as hell I'm going to go give that man a hug. Yeah. Um, but, like, the way that it appears, especially with the statement, which we'll get into in a minute, the way, I, the face value of what's happening looks really really bad i love the club no matter what and i'll support the club no matter what but it sends the wrong message period i think that you avoid this problem by being more transparent i mean if you were to say just like hey uh financials were mismanaged or xxx reason even if it's just a bs reason um then I think it's a lot more well received. Mm-hmm. I think the statement probably actually made it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially with two days before a game. Like I said, would we have known if? I mean, we probably would have, but it took, you know, it took reporting from Soapbox and the Tribune for them to come out and say something. And it's like, how long are we gonna wait to tell the fans what's going on? Like. We didn't even hear on Thorsness either. Thors, Thors, I can't say her name. Yeah, we still haven't. We still haven't. Yeah, so. That is true. So, I mean, I think think there's got to be transparency with the fans. The fans are not dumb. Don't treat the fans like they're dumb. Um, You know, fans are very aware. They want to be in the know. And I think that's always been the problem in the NWSL, that even – when things are happening within the league, the league is doesn't say anything. I mean, it, it. I mean, Boston Breakers, Kansas City, and we get into you know sky blue. There's, there's no. I mean, there's no transparency in the league, and for it to trickle down to Utah, it's like I, 
I would expect for Utah to set a higher um, standard for that. So, yeah. Welcome to the NWSL, guys. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) It's just so frustrating. It's just so frustrating because, I mean, so if you were to watch the game and they hadn't done the press release, I mean, you turn on Channel 12 and it's not there, then, like, what do you do? Oh, I guess there's no Royals game today for the average viewer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just... I just don't know. And I think that um, you're really sort of underestimating the amount of people who flip through the channels and go, oh, this is a thing. Mm. I mean, you know, I wouldn't even support Real Salt Lake if it weren't for, for, for me randomly scrolling through the channels one night and seeing it on TV. Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't even be into soccer nearly nearly at all the yeah. amount that I am now if it weren't for that, right? Like, it, it means a lot. And in the statement, they talk about, well, we'll talk about the statement in a little bit. Is it cool if we talk about the KSL stream a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, so, I mean, w- what KSL stream at first, <laughs> right? I know. Right. So, <laughs> and I mean, I don't want to shit on the guys at KSL because in terms of their like communication on Twitter, it's been pretty good, but it's frustrating. You know, they've had a long time to do this. So uh, the stream didn't even work till the start of the second half. As soon as the lightning delay ended, the game literally switched over to the RSL pregame show, which one goes back to this issue of like, hey, the stream isn't working. But even more importantly, it goes back to this issue of equality. I mean, are you really not going to show the end of a game to show mm-hmm. a pregame show? Mm. Like, yeah. that's just ridiculous. And then uh, you go to the NWSL stream, it was blurry, it kept freezing. Let's be real. The commentators were awful. They couldn't oh. even pronounce O'Hara right. <laughs> really? They literally had to go oh, back and that. say, oh, pardon me. It's pronounced O'Hara. Like, what it's did he so say? bad. Uh, like, O'Hare, O'Hara or something. <laughs> Whoa. Like, yeah. Like, like, not even kidding. Like, even though I harp on it, like, and I wondered if they saw, like, something somehow and, like, passed a note to him because, like, he was clearly saying John's daughter, like a lot of people do for, like, the for, like a good while. And then I, like, complained, like, I went and copied part of the, like, Wikipedia, here's how you pronounce Icelandic, where it says J's are, like, Y's in English. It's a soft J. And after that, I only heard him mess it up maybe once or twice the last 60 minutes of the match, I was like, maybe that worked. Like maybe me complaining got through Mm. to them, but like, I know that's kind of a tiny nitpicky little thing, but I'm such a language nerd that when I hear mispronunciations (laughs) and things like that, it drives me nuts. And I'm just like, she would never say that. Nobody in her country would ever say that. Why (laughs) are we announcing her name that way? It bugs me so bad to hear john's daughter instead of Jan's daughter like it's so i mean yeah no i'm the play-by-play guy i didn't mind too terribly but i don't know who that analyst is she says some of those mind-numbingly obvious things you can say in a sports broadcast i i I don't i don't even i don't even get it but and well i mean it was the dude who messed up o'hara yeah wow wow and and i'm gonna um kind of be on their side a little bit they don't get paid that much either i mean like oh i don't i don't doubt it yeah i mean if if this was like you know a full-time thing like greg and carla where they would be you know they're immersed in 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 the team and the culture 
they would probably be a little bit more excited. But I mean, mm-hmm. when you are calling the game from a screen down in Florida, and mm-hmm. I don't know what I mean. At the same time, how much are they preparing? So, I mean, again, welcome to the NWSL. Yeah, this is the problem that every fan has dealt with. You know, since Go Ninety took over. Uh, before that, I think it was more independent, and then it was YouTube, and then like it was more local uh, commentators, and then Go Ninety happened, and then kind of shifted everything. And um, yeah, so I typically can do really well at tuning out the commentators, but I know a lot of people don't. But mm. you know, I give them a break. Um, it's a lot of it is really not their fault. They, don't get paid enough, sadly. Yeah. Um, but that's just my thing. I don't. That's I didn't take that into account. That's that's good to keep in mind. Yeah. But I'm but I'm gonna but I'm gonna go the other back the other way though. Like okay, I mean I get that, but mm. like it's like I think I've heard at least that lady before on like not just this year, but when I've gone back and watched videos of previous seasons NWSL games, I feel like I've heard her. Mm. on games before it's like okay if you've done this more than one season and even if mm. you're not getting paid that much like you're asked to do this you're responsible for how this sounds put some effort into it that's true you know try that's to true. learn try to get better week to week not like you sound like it's still your first game or your first like you know five games that you've done like I mean, I would be so incredibly nervous and, and I probably would mess up a bunch if I ever got the chance to do something like that. And I'm, I'm sure that's what they'd say if they heard us complaining. Well, you get up here and do this. But <laughs> I, I uh, couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I, I would love to try. But, I mean, you better believe I would be calling everybody I knew who has ever done it before and saying, what do I need to pre- – how do I need to prepare? Mm. What do I say? Like, how do I do this? I wouldn't go into it blind. And I, I just, like – I mean, you, you got to at least try instead of just sounding like you're bored and, mm. and just saying whatever comes to your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Especially when you're the league's, like, broadcast. Mm-hmm. Like, there should be a standard there that is better than what we're getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. And there's a lot of great women commentators out there, too. Oh, I sure. mean, you look at Allie Wagner and you look at, I forget their names, but, you know, they just said. Yeah new record for doing the you know a three three person female panel for a sports game it's awesome right Mm -hmm. you know i i don't know i just i just don't i don't know it's frustrating it's Mm -hmm. frustrating but admittedly you know from the get-go we were super privileged and kind of Mm -hmm. bougie to have greg and carla so now that that bouginess is removed it's kind (laughs) of frustrating but i mean still like you know you wish that there was that standard not just for you but for the league you know Right. Um, another thought, though, that I had thinking about this is so do you think that there could be an ESPN plus deal in the works? Because they just took the uh, the W League and the A League mm. and Syria. And now they have the, uh, you know, Euro Divisie and they have some Chinese games. Like, do you think that could be if they've already got the W League, which is you know, the Australian women's league. Do you think that like, is it, is it, is it happening? I that would be, so. yeah, that would be nice. I mean, my only concern, especially since I'm somebody that it kind of affects right now at this point in my life is, you know, everybody will say, Oh, that's only, what is it like five bucks a month or something like that? Or like, 
it makes it sound really affordable and every, oh it's not that bad but i mean i i can't afford it right now like how many how many viewers will you lose asking them to pay to watch these games versus mm. it being freely available especially mm. in a in a young league that's still just trying to attract people to begin with mm -hmm. like that might be a tough sell although at the same time it, that puts it in front of all the people who are subscribing to ESPN Plus for all the other reasons that would have zero women's soccer exposure before and then have it right at their fingertips. Like, there's probably a balance to be struck somewhere in there of, of what part of a market you're going to lose to what you could potentially gain. Mm -hmm. um, the potential's driven a lot by, you know, how is it marketed? How do you actually catch that potential audience or, or do you struggle with it still? I mean, I don't know. It's it's probably a better thing than I want to admit, but um, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I Dude, yeah. let me give you my uh, ESPN Plus login. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like for for real. Um, just and just see what's there and go. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is why it's worth it. No, no, no. We'll make that happen though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you can, yeah. You can no, use because mine. like, well, see, and I'm I'm such a like. I need to see the Bundesliga outside of MLS and NWSL, and that's it. Like I don't have I don't have that Fair. drive that everybody else has to watch every other league in the world too. And I know Wait, you deep down inside English, of me, you don't watch EPL. No, <laughs> nope. I, but deep down inside of me, I I'm, I realize how much amazing soccer I'm missing by not following those leagues more closely. Um, it, I always I always say if it were my job and I had time to watch it all day like that's like some people do not you guys but I mean like professional people I see who are like oh watch La Liga watch EPL watch France watch Italy I, I, I would love to do nothing but watch that all day and know all the players but mm. like I, I just I don't have the time or the money right now and so I, I watch what I know and you know if ESPN Plus added the Bundesliga and got it away from Fox, I would sign up for it tomorrow. Like, that would get me. But, um, but no, if you're going to let me log into yours, that's totally cool. I'll, yeah, dude, I'll for sure. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'll just uh, have to change the password because I yeah. rotate between, like, three passwords. I probably shouldn't say that on the podcast that well. <laughs> That's okay. Nobody knows what it is. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's just my name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual rules. It's not. It's He's not. Like, so Shut don't up. even Stop try, it. listeners. Don't even try. <laughs> it's not. Uh, okay, um, so so where are we in our real discussion? We kind of got off. <laughs> um. So we just talked about the stream. The stream. Um. Let's go into the statement, Andy Carroll's statement. Um, again, not to shit on the club. Sorry, Bill. But Andy Carroll's statement, it said nothing. It was lip service. Mm -hmm. The statement starts with the coverage. You know, the statement starts by talking about how successful the coverage is and how it's drawn. So many people, more people watch Utah Royals matches than any other teams. And then ends with, oh, by the way, like, we're canceling it. <laughs> like, I don't get it. The statement made yeah. it worse. The club needs to be more transparent. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. For sure. And and what I find really odd about that too is that then you know, and like we're saying, like it took, or at least it had the appearance of taking us writing about it and 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 other media outlets grabbing a hold of it, 
to get them to say anything more than that or to even do that in the first place. And then if you if you go back and read like the the comments I was referencing in the Tribune article came from Andy Carroll about where they're spending their money and what they're evaluating on the business side of things. And it's like, well, if you will say all that to the newspaper when they call and ask you, hey, what's going on, then put that in the press release and tell everybody what you're doing. Like, it, it, because he could have just as easily told the newspaper, you know what, what's in the press release is what you're going to get, and that's all I have to say about it. He clearly didn't. He was willing to say more. He, he had authorization to say more than what he just kind of lip serviced into that that statement. So let's just out with it. Like, if you're okay saying it, then you're going to let the media print it, mm-hmm. you know, widely in publication, then just tell us what's going on. I mean, we, we as a fan base in Utah, we've always, and I know we're not unique in any way about this, but we've, we've always said, just tell us. Like, here's why we didn't sign this guy. Here's why we're not doing this. Here's why Jeff Kassar is still our coach two and a half years after anybody thought he still should be. Like, just, but like, we just want to know. And then we'll shut up and be okay with it and come cheer at the games and have a great time. But that, that anger that builds up when things stay, like, that's why we're so mad at pro for the way they handle the refereeing situation is they won't tell us what they're doing to make it any better. Like, we're just supposed to expect that that's what we're seeing, but we don't. And then they won't even tell us why we're not seeing it. So, like, that was what frustrated me is if – just just come out with it. Like, if you're going to eventually, then just mm-hmm. say it. Mm. Yeah. Not good at all. Agreed. Um, do we have anything else we want to talk about there, or shall we move on to Carla and Greg? Yeah. Let's oh, let's. Yeah, because they're amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, Carla and Greg were so active. They fueled the fandom like, mm-hmm. you know, the fan club relationship was amazing. And, yeah. you know, that's not I didn't mean I know Tyler Gibbons and Trey and, you know, the people who will step into those positions are equally awesome. I just wasn't as active. But I mean, I definitely think it's OK to feel that as of right now, at least this week, in some way, the club feels slightly less accessible mm-hmm. or approachable mm-hmm. on Twitter in a way um, because they were just so good at what they did. And mm-hmm. Greg, especially with the stats, mm-hmm. the stats were always so interesting. It's just there's so much about that tandem that will be missed there because, you know, they're ambassadors of the club. Mm-hmm. Two people that are on an NWSL, you know, the two people who do the NWSL commentary, there's no direct club relationship. You know, they don't represent Utah Royals FC like an in-house broadcast duo does. And I think that's why it's so hard for a lot, you know, including me to sort of grasp that this is happening because mm-hmm. those sort of figureheads of the club, it sort of goes away you know mm-hmm. yeah and and like like one of the things i always really loved and replied to every chance i got whether i was at the stadium or at home was carla's kind of around halftime where are you watching the game from right now send me a picture 
and it started this big Twitter stream of here's where we are. And then she would re she would respond to those like, I love it. That's great. Thank you for watching, you know, uh, wh wherever you are. This is fantastic. Like that kind of that kind of an organic relationship. And that wasn't forced. Like nobody told her to do that. Mm -hmm. That comes out of her reaching out to people and her personality and um that watch she's gonna like email me later and be like oh no they totally told me to do that no <laughs> but you know just like it, it it had that feeling of like they're not just like distant broadcasters it's it's like that relationship that brian dunseth has built with the rsl fan base that he tweets during matches live to people like mm -hmm. Nobody else does that, and and he, but he's created this following, and and Carla did it too, you know, reaching out to the fans and saying, "Talk to me, I'm I'm talking about the game, you're talking about the game, like what are we seeing?" And she she asked for them, like tactically, what do you what do you want to see the team do better? What are you missing? And it was all part of this big conversation that we all got to have as a fan base about our favorite teams. So it's it's going to be missed for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and very hard to replace, even if they bring broadcasts back next season. Um, yeah. You know, who knows what form that'll take, what kind of talent we'll be able to find. You know, hopefully it's still something good because we were we were definitely spoiled for this season. Yeah. And yeah. And huge credit to Greg and Carla, even even people outside of, you know, Utah. There, I think there was one game where the NWSL stream wasn't working and somebody was like, try the KSL TV app. And sure enough, it worked for people outside of Utah and like the region. And even like people, you know, like media people were, they're like, wow, this is, this is really good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very, I was, I felt like there was, the club was setting like a standard of how a team should be treated from a broadcast perspective, and then it just kind of ends, and you're like, oh, well, thanks for that gut punch. Um, but I agree. They were, they were amazing, super friendly, super approachable. I mean, I, Greg sent, a sent me a message one week just thanking me for, like, our coverage, and, you know, Carla was awesome. I could always, like, reach out to her and talk to her. So I, I totally agree that that connect, I feel like now it's, like, and, and Trey's awesome, so obviously Trey's still there, and he's super cool. But, you know, I felt like we could connect. I mean, Carla was on our show, and she was awesome. And, yeah, kind of stinks a little bit. Yeah, it really yeah. stinks. And, yeah. you know, especially like you said, Carla was on the show, um, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple days before the announcement, I was getting ready to send an email out to Greg to see if we could get him on the show. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now it's just, it's just, it's not there, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We always, the I mean, that would all depend on how he feels and if he was willing to talk about it. We always theoretically still could, mm -hmm. but could. It, yeah. it's Touché. probably a little bit more, it's probably a little bit more iffy now though. Like, does he want to <laughs> come talk about a team that he just kind of sort of got let go from? And, mm -hmm. and, and while I'm, while I'm mentioning him, I mean, I just went on and on about Carla forever, but I mean, like Greg Rubel and we, and we touched on this when we talked to Carla, like where, what his career has been as a broadcaster in Utah, like, that level of experience and his quality, like he hasn't been the voice of BYU sports for as long as he has because he's terrible at it. You know, he's he's a great broadcaster, and we were really fortunate to have somebody like him mm -hmm. be the play-by-play -play man because it's it's hard to find. Utah's been spoiled with play-by-play -play guys. We we had Hot Rod do the jazz all those years, and he was 
renowned, you know, nationwide as one of the best radio announcers in the world. And, and our, our local college coverage has always been great. And uh, our baseball coverage has been fantastic. You know, so having somebody like him not be a part of those broadcasts anymore is a step down. Unless you find somebody else in Utah who's equally, you know, talented, if, yeah, mm. you know, and they're and they're out there. That's not to say there aren't other people who, who, but I mean, we just that's that's a big resource. That's a big, uh, big set of shoes to fill. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Hundred percent. So yeah. yes, they shall be missed, for sure. Anything else on that note? Nope. Okay. Good. Um. So. We do have a few questions on it. Um, just before we switch over to Sky Blue, Merle says, what do you think will be the long-term broadcasting plans for Royals? Should we expect a local broadcast next year? Hmm. Dude, I have no idea what to tell you. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would like to see it come back. There, there was only one little teeny tiny part of me that was thinking – and I probably I'm not I, I have no idea if I'm even thinking the right thing on this. And that's why I don't have a job as some sort of a, you know, media analyst or marketing person. But like there there was a part of me that wondered if with the local market having such accessibility to watching the game from home, if that kept people from going to the stadium. And and if the crowds could get bigger, if you can't just stay at home and watch it on mm. TV, because I mean, especially now that people have a taste of it, and if they really like it, like come out to the stadium. It's it's not even that expensive, mm. you know. Especially relative to RSL and other sports. Like, I I don't know. I might just be reaching for a silver lining to it that that isn't possible. But like, you know, who knows what their crowds may or may not have been like if it wasn't so easy to watch. But then again, what kind of a crowd did they? You know, are there people like you said, Vircho, that you know, with you and RSL, how many people flipped a channel and went, "Oh, that's that women's soccer team they keep talking about. Let me watch this while I have a chance," mm -hmm. uh, versus you know, investing in a ticket and you don't even know if you're going to like it or not. So, mm -hmm. um, again, there's there's probably a balance to that, but um, you know, maybe for attendance reasons, it could end up being not the worst thing if they don't have a, a broadcast next year. I yeah. certainly would rather have it than not, but. I agree. And I think you want that accessibility of like, I mean, TV, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't want to, wouldn't that to be like an extreme that like, okay, let's take him off TV <laughs> so people can come. And I know that's not what you're saying, but um, yeah. I would hope that there would be support, you know, either way, like, okay, you can watch him on TV. We can go to this game. Like, I, I think there should be that option. But it also goes down to, like, soccer in America is not is not a, is not much of a thing as it is, you know, in Europe or, you know, some of these bigger soccer cities like Portland and, and uh, Kansas City and L.A. Like, I think. For sure. You know, stuff like that. So it would be cool but um i mean even just with the whole attendance thing like i know that they put a lot into the marketing for the first game but i'm like why didn't it continue throughout the whole entire season um i don't know so i don't know 
I mean, I think a lot of the marketing has, if you look at, you know, yeah. Utah Transit Authority buses and things like that, it's still out there. But I mean, I think the hype with the first game was so much and then it's like, okay, mm. we're good. But I mean, my biggest problem with going exclusively to the KSL app or, you know, nwsl.com is that neither option is reliable in mm. two, you have to fit within a certain audience to know that that's there and actively seek it out. Mm. And if you're like interested, but you're not a diehard fan, you're not going to stick through the buffering mm. and you're not going to stick through, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think especially with the NWSL app, like, um, you know, the best part about it being on TV is that you can just watch it on TV mm -hmm. with, the KSL app, you know, you have to have a Chromecast or, you know, a Roku or mm. you just have to watch it on your phone. And that's not nearly as fun. Mm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, the one thing I will say this, the one thing I miss about Go90 is being able to, um, well, one, I had free data because of Verizon. <laughs> so mm. I could like, watch the game while I was, you know, out of Wi-Fi, you know, access. And also, it was so much easier to Chromecast it and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Man, it's been a long episode so far. Um, shall we start talking about Sky Blue? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, first off, I think we speak for everyone here that we stand with Cloud9, the SkyBlue SG that demands accountability from the GM and actually professional mm -hmm. conditions. Uh, Carly Lloyd should not be um, taking her post-game or post-practice ice baths in a garbage can. That's outrageous. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to talk about some of these things here. So... Granted, when I uh, when we planned on doing this episode, it was three or four weeks ago. So I know new information has come to light and I feel bad, but I just haven't had the time and the opportunities to seek out and add that information in. Um, but for those who aren't familiar with the situation, this is sort of just a, I guess, a quick overview. So the owner is Phil Murphy, who's the governor of New Jersey. Um, he's not involved in the day-to-day -day operations is what all accounts go by. So he's lost $5 million on the team alone since 2009. And so he makes the financial decisions, which is fine. He's not associated with the team, which is pretty common for a lot of sports people. But a former player indicated that she had only met Murphy once. So there's definitely distance there. Um, Steven Tamarez is the other owner. One player said, never really knew him. He seems more interested in having the correlation between Rutgers and the Player Development Academy and having his daughter involved than the actual cares of the player. That's coming from a player on the team. Um, Tony Novo is the GM of the club, and that's where the majority of the big issues come from. Um, players have described having to constantly remind Novo of things in order to get them done. And Novo getting upset um, if they attempted to go through anyone else in the FO to get things done. And we're going to talk about these things below. Um, do you all have any other extensions or additional information you want to throw in there? 
Mm. No. Mm. Yep, you got it. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Okay. So we're going to talk about some major issues. We're going to talk about housing, mm. training facilities, and the stadium. So housing. A house that the players lived in last year, like one of the actual pl- play houses that a player had to live in, just should have been knocked down. Like it did not meet like city standards, period, for like a livable conditions. Mm-hmm. Plastic bags for windows. Sheets of cardboards for windows, comforters stuck in holes in the wall. Like, this is stuff that the that the club is putting its players inside of. Mm. Plastic bags for windows. Can you believe that? That's, yeah, that's one of the shockers in there for sure. That's outrageous. Um, and so that was last season. So reportedly the housing situation has improved but a league cap on spending and high New Jersey prices make that a challenge. Uh, but problems persist. So a lot of players in NWSL aren't fortunate like the, ro- the Royals, and so they stay with host families. Um, one player reported uh, having to relocate because like their host families didn't come back uh, or ownership didn't approve the move of a, to like a new host family. And... They had to look for housing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other players who have bounced from house to hotel um, their entire time at New Jersey until they got traded away. Mm. Um, other situations uh, for a player, this was last year, um, the club gave the player the wrong address mm-hmm. and they had their personal belongings shipped to a different city. Um Another instance, one of the host families literally expected a player to babysit the children and the family on the night of the game. So a yeah. player could not <laughs> go to a game that they were playing in because they had to babysit a child in the family that was hosting them. Yeah. Yeah. And and like this is like I, I remember last season when I kind of really started paying more attention to NWSL than I had in the past. And I started following all of the teams on Twitter, and every one of them was was putting out these preseason calls for, you know, are you in the Boston or Kansas City or pick a city area, and can you host a player for a season? And it just, I thought, are you serious? Like, I know they don't get paid that much, but you're telling me these people have to go, like, essentially rent out a room in somebody's house? Like, that's what I did when I was in high school in the bell choir and we needed a place to stay because we were a, a poor group of church kids <laughs> that didn't have anything. You know, we could barely afford the bus for the month that we were renting and some fun activities to do while we were traveling. Like, we couldn't mm-hmm. be staying at a hotel every night. So we asked these people out of their kindness to offer us a, a spot in their homes for a night. Mm-hmm. Like. That's when you stay in some, or if you're traveling, you know, through the hostels in Europe, you stay in some sort of, you know, questionable place on the road while you're seeing the world. This is not what a professional athlete should be doing. And then to find out that it's not just staying in somebody else's home as a, as like a long-term guest, but then the conditions that they encountered as part of that. Uh, like it just it's absolutely unacceptable in every possible way and it it looks even worse when you see what what the royals have done for their players this season um you know 
with our owner going to every length to say, you know, I want an exemption on how much I can spend because it's a new team and I want to mm. get them these apartments and I want to set them up with cars and I want to buy them robes. Like who even knows why they need this, but we're going to do it because it's cool. And like, mm. like I don't even understand how the people running sky blue can look at that and go, yeah, this is good. Like, mm. I don't no no it's not it's not good mm -hmm. at all and you have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Couple issues with everything at Sky Blue is um, this is a new information like this is what is new is that it's finally public um, and it took mm -hmm. it took someone like Sam Kerr to speak out about it for people to be like oh we got a story here like. It's been known. Why are we just finding out about it six years later? Like, there, there's obviously something that the league obviously knew. Um, reporters probably knew. So, I'm like, did it really take Sam Kerr to say something for people to wake up and be like, oh, this isn't right. But you're like, it's been happening for however many years this has been happening. And why? Why is this ownership still allowed to have this team? Um, if, if they could easily pull it out of Kansas City and Boston, why wasn't Sky Blue in that situation? Like, there is n no reason why these owners should be allowed to own this team. It's not, I, there's, it's not fair, obviously, to the fan base if a team gets pulled from their city. But if you're going to treat these athletes like second-class citizens, <laughs> um, you don't deserve a team. You don't, yeah. deserve, to, you, you don't deserve to own a team. Um, there's probably, and again, it all comes down to the league. Like, are you keeping these owners accountable? Um, and... I would be very shocked if Sky Blue continues next season. Um, I don't think they should be allowed to to own the team. Though I mean, they shouldn't. Interesting enough, something somebody shared. Um, where did I see it? I saw something. The New York Red Bulls on August 29th are having some of the Sky Blue players over. So I'm like, I wonder if the Red Bulls are stepping in somehow. I don't know. That'd be really cool. That would oh, be, cool. be really cool. And, and mm -hmm. you know, like with, with all those Red Bull teams being so interconnected, the one in Leipzig, the one in Salzburg, um, you know, much, much the way the New York FC team is, mm -hmm. is part of city football group all over the world. You know, that's gotta be an organization that's got some resources. I mean, please don't make them change their name to like mm -hmm. Red Bull, New Jersey, because mm -hmm. I've had enough of that. And mm -hmm. Sky Blue FC is a unique and cool name, but yeah. But, but please go pick those players up and give them a real place to play. Um, you know, their fan base is already out in New Jersey anyway, so playing at Red Bull Arena wouldn't hurt anything mm -mm. except for giving them a nice, you know, what is commonly referred to as one of MLS's best stadiums, uh, mm -hmm. despite its kind of outside of downtown New York uh, mm -hmm. environment. It's, it's a beautiful place, and players and fans alike love it. So that would be really cool to see them kind of get get brought into the to the arms of the of the red bull organization yeah um, even if they did have to change their name which i would hate right, but right, like right, right. 
get get those players what they deserve and and get them out of what they're dealing with right now because that's got to stop. For sure. And it's it starts with the league. You oversee every individual club. Hold these owners accountable. If they don't live up to it, and clearly the this sky blue ownership hasn't because it's been six years. Um, you know, take 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 them away. I I they're probably with the right time. Um, obviously no. I I just I just don't think this should be happening in year six of the NWSL. Um, and why it took so long for something to for the awareness to happen. You know, it's like, why are people not saying anything about it? And I can see why the players wouldn't consider that, you know, whatever they would face had they spoken, you know, like you're trying to make it in the league. You're, you're gonna, I mean, when you have a dream, you're going to play for anything. I mean, like that's how, you know, baseball players start in minor leagues <laughs> to make it to the big leagues. Like it, it's obviously, um, but at the same time, this is supposed to be the best league in the world. It's the most competitive. Um, and yet it still has a lot of the feel of like a semi-pro team. Um, mm-hmm. So NWSL, you got to hold these owners accountable. I don't, I don't think, yeah. So as much, this is probably not a popular statement, but either somebody these men should not be allowed to own this team anymore yeah and and to to what you said earlier like if if what was going on with the ownership situation with fc kansas city mm-hmm. was like i mean he wasn't even doing like what is happening in sky blue to those players right and and he still was considered an absentee enough of an owner that the league was like yeah you really need to like back out of this until you're ready to put me serious Mm -hmm. and we're gonna and we're gonna transfer over to this guy in utah who's ready to knock it out of the park like how can you make that decision out of one year of ownership and and watch what's happened in sky blue happen for as long as it has and not do anything Mm -hmm. like that there's a massive disconnect in accountability there that shouldn't be happening so they've they've got to they've got to step up and do something like maybe actually uh hire a full-time acting like a real commissioner instead of this interim situation like they need a, a structure to them i think they're very disorganized as a league right now and they've got to decide where they're going and if they're going to start putting the effort into this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so I may be wrong on this, but I think one of the bigger problems is that there's at least this is the way I've read the situation and it may be wrong, but Phil Murphy, like he wants to improve the club, but like being governor, like it makes it hard for that to do. So he can't invest in it. So they need a secondary ownership who actually cares. They need a GM who actually cares. But still, regardless, I mean, even if Phil Murray is pumping money, yeah, that's great. Like, you still need to take an active role. But the way I read it is that at least, like, so one of the owners is kind of, like, cares, but there's just no support. But Mm. I may be wrong on that. But, I mean, still, like, it's 2018. It's part of sort of like a a larger global project, if you think about it. I don't know. Did you all see those uh, posters or those Mm. stickers that were plastered all over at the Lazio? Napoli game 
So, um, like Lazio Ultras, who, like, yeah, they've been accused of being racist for years, but, like, they were straight up handing out flyers that said, like, women shouldn't be allowed to sit in the uh, first 10 rows because mm. they ruined wow. the fun. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. This happened this weekend mm. by a supporter group. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. And so I think that these types of ideologies manifest themselves in salaries. They manifest themselves in infrastructure because, you know, women's soccer is not marketable and it's not marketable because it's devalued because women are playing them. Like mm. it's because women are playing in the sport. And I know I'm getting kind of radical here and whatever, um, but that's how I feel about it. Mm. And it's BS. Mm. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the training facilities? Yeah. Oh yes. Mm. All right. Further down the rabbit hole we go. Yeah. We're, we're just going further and further down the rabbit hole. So sky blue FC as of a month ago have trained in four different facilities so far in 2018 players have literally been texting each other to find out where they will be training the night before practice. Mm. How crazy uh, is that? You can't just send an email. How do you do that? Mm. How do you, I don't even understand how like you can't get a designated training spot, even if it's like renting the local rec field on a specific night every week and Mm. saying, look, we're the, professional team we need to come practice out here and give these these ladies some consistency like that is just unbelievable and it's one of the things that i like after we heard about that then you know the royals just went and played there and i'm thinking well okay so which one of the four fields were they on and when did they know where they were going to be training like how do your away teams come in and practice when you don't even know where you're going like mm-hmm. that's just is unreal yeah. It's outrageous. I don't even know. Yeah. Do you have anything on that, Cindy, or shall we keep going? Uh, yeah, I think I've already ranted enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let the anger out. Ah. Let it out. <laughs> release. Yeah, release. Oh, man. No, it's, um, it's good. So I'm actually kind of glad we're doing this episode today because I had a real bad day. So it's nice <laughs> that. Just let it flow. Yeah, that I just get a lot of flow. Um, so there's also reports that the club asked players to bring their own water to practice, Hmm. um, after, um, you know, an uproar that was rescinded and the club ended up bringing water to practice, but Hmm. like, that's just another thing. Um, and here's the kicker, right? Last season, or maybe it was still the season, I forget, but Carly Lloyd Carly Lloyd, someone who scored a hat trick in the World Cup final, takes post-practice ice baths in a 50-gallon trash can. No shower, no bath, World Cup winner, hat trick scorer, ice baths in a 50-gallon trash can. Hmm. Yeah. And and by similar logic, I mean, one would have to assume that, you know, World Cup winner and Olympic champion Kelly O'Hara was doing the same before she was traded mm. from there. And yeah. and, and our own Taylor Lytle. 
uh, and and any and Sam Kerr was probably you know she's I I wrote a tweet today after watching her nomination for Goal of the Week that I think she's one of the top ten forwards of either gender on the planet right now. Oh, she's the uh, best. She was I mean because I I voted for Amy Rodriguez in Goal of the Week, but then I had I felt the need to go under and clarify like. But look, look at the two touches that Sam Kerr makes to set up her own shot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and her movement was so amazing that the goalkeeper read it completely the wrong direction, even though she had plenty of time to see that shot coming. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how good Sam Kerr is. And some of the headers she scored, like, she's absolutely world class. She's been playing in those conditions. And, and she has to deal with that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Australian soccer legend. Like, mm-hmm. it, it it kills me that they're dealing with this right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah. It, it'll just goes back to something's got to change for 2019. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully there's a new club, new interest, you know, keep the team in the area. Um, I know there's, I mean, come on. It's like New York, New Jersey. There's there's plenty of money over there. <laughs> um, so don't tell me it's not a money thing. Um, but, yeah, something has got to change for next season because yeah, this should not be happening. No. All right. Shall we talk about the stadium that they play in? <laughs> <laughs> if you can call Oh, I mean, yeah. not not to, not to lay a fence to Rutgers University, but I mean, if you can call it a stadium, mm. um, yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, what what do we what do we have on that? Um, so I actually found this out last night. Um, so the game against the Royals during the rain delay, there was no place for the fans to oh, go. Yeah, I heard there this. was no infrastructure yeah. for fans to sit. So either they went in their car or they went in someone else's car or they, they walked home mm. or wow. they went back to their dorm if they're a college student because there was no shelter. Mm. Mm. I think I um, did read about that. And yeah, I think I read it super quickly where it was like, there's nowhere to go. And there was no reentry at the time, which was like, Ugh. what? Uh, well, where are they supposed to go? The bathroom? <laughs> are, are there even bathrooms there like we don't know i mean if there's barely a locker room and 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 very poor facilities for the players like what what do the, what do fans do i don't know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah it's it's ridiculous so at the stadium no showers mm. away teams go back to their hotel Players for Sky Blue drive home in their sweaty clothes and shower either in their apartment or the hotel they're staying at or wherever their host family's residence is. Yeah. They just and, drive and home it, in their jersey. And in some cases, it's like 45 minutes or more. Yeah. To yeah, where they live. Drives. It's just in, in, you know, can you imagine running in? I, I've been to New Jersey in the summer. I have played, you know, in, I've, I've been indoors at night uh, in but places with no air conditioning. So, you know, not much better than outside. And I wasn't even running for 90 minutes. And I did not smell great at the end of that. I wouldn't want to drive for an hour afterwards before I get to a shower. Like, that's just, 
I'm, again, like we and we keep having to say this, but these these are supposed to be anyway professional athletes, and and I'm I'm always one of the first people to say I can't believe that some of them make twenty five million dollars a year, but they also shouldn't be making fifteen thousand a year and driving home in their filthy uniforms to get a shower, like that's not cool. Mm. And, and and while I'm at it, like I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at an aerial map of the Rutgers campus right now and like that football stadium and even the practice field for football off onto the side look nicer than that soccer stadium. Like and, and that's another reason I don't love football at all, because so much money and resources go into that and I, I get that it's a big sport in America, but when you've got a top league and in, and, and even, you know, in the beginnings of major league soccer, they were playing on some of these fields, like unreal mm. that they're dealing with this. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll close, I guess this, this part of the segment with a quote from Caroline Stanley, who's a former player who was interviewed. Oh yeah. So she says, when there are no showers in your stadium locker room, you don't feel like a professional. When you don't have an equipment manager and you throw up to pra- show up to practice in your training gear, you don't have a locker room. You throw your crap on the side of the field like it's club practice and then leave in your nasty clothes and wash it yourself. You don't feel like a professional. You cannot perform under those conditions. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's just like something's got to be done. Uh, I don't know who else is like, like this is all also like there've been a lot of conversations I've seen on Twitter recently about what is us soccer doing as the rest of the world is starting to pay attention to women's soccer more. These other countries that haven't really been trying that hard are starting to develop women's teams and are starting to develop women's academies and are going to be transforming their nation's teams into teams that can truly compete the United States, who has been pretty dominant for for years now, mm-hmm. the rest of the world is catching up. What's happening in soccer, like from the bottom level all the way up to our professional league, is is not enough to maintain where the United States is. And I, I even went as far as to say, and I, I tagged U.S. Soccer and Carlos Cordero, the new president of U.S. Soccer, and I, everybody in this, and I said... If we don't do something right now to make sure that the only nation that's won the World Cup three times in women's soccer doesn't stay as a pre-tournament favorite every time a World Cup happens, like, forget about how embarrassing it is that the United States men's team didn't qualify for the World Cup this year. That would be massively embarrassing to U.S. soccer to see Mm -hmm. the women's team fall out of Mm -hmm. being relevant in those conversations because for a country that wants so badly to be good at soccer, we are completely missing the team that already is good at it. And we we can't let that fall apart. Like, so start fixing this league, start developing opportunities for the girls to train and become better players. Make sure that we get, keep our hold on what we have because you know, we we can get the men there maybe eventually, but the women are there right now, and we can't lose that. Like, just it can't happen. Yeah. You know, all yeah. this talk about sky blue, it, you know, it goes back to the game, and it's like, 
my heart breaks for the fans and the players when Amy Rodriguez scores that goal. Yeah, I'm super oh. happy. Am I swearing and people within a five-mile radius can hear me? Yeah, you bet. Am I also heartbroken? Yeah, you know it. It's it's because they almost had a win. It's rough, and you could, and you could see it on the players' faces, like what that meant to have it fall. Like right, it was right there. They had their first yeah. win of the year, and they were they were devastated. And like I, I did, I was like, oh my gosh, that was great. We tied the game. Oh man, wow, they almost had it. Like even at the expense of my team, mm. like that would have been cool for them to get a win. Mm. They wanted it so bad, and they had it. They'd played so well. And they, and they 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 deserved it, but uh, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing we should yeah. talk about with the training facilities that I totally spaced is so they actually brought in an RV, a single RV, to the training field for uh, players to shower in. So. I guess progress is happening, if you want to call that progress. Yeah, it's that something's better than nothing, kind of, I, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> you Still. take what you can get when things are bad, but wow, well, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think it, you know, we can be mad about the broadcasts and, you know, feeling like it's contrary to the mission of equality, you know, and that's fine, but, like... Whatever the club does, I'm still so grateful that our players aren't, you know, experiencing what's happening in New Jersey because that's just awful. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, you almost like really feel bad for a player like Shea, Shea Groom, who was going to be a Royal and then was part of the Kelly O'Hara Taylor Lytle trade. I'm pretty sure. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, now she's in that environment. That just sucks. Yeah. It does, and it's not fair. It's not cool. It's not okay. It's it's not equal. No. Um, shall we wrap it up by reading this statement from Cloud9, who's the SG for Sky Blue, that actually just came out today? Let's do it. What do they got? Cool. So Cloud9 has been, they've actually been really supportive of the club. And even though, um, you know, not a, I think Sky Blue has, I'm pretty sure they have the lowest attendance in the league. Uh, regardless, uh, this SG is pretty dedicated and they do a lot of good stuff. And I know there's a couple members of that SG who are also Royals fans and listen to the podcast. So that's cool. Um, so the quote or the statement, I guess, press release statement, whatever you want to call it. Over one month ago, Cloud9 released a statement that was spurred by post-game comments from former Sky Blue FC player Sam Kerr. Several articles were then published, most notably in The Equalizer, Once a Metro, and Deadspin, detailing the poor conditions our players had to endure. While we are painfully aware of the deficiencies at Yurkak Field, several other issues were downright shocking. We knew things were bad, but had no idea they were that bad. Subsequently, ownership and management met with players to identify their needs as professional athletes. Nothing grandiose, just simple requests like improvement at their training field and correction of oversights. We have learned that a few of these needs have been improved on, such as past due travel reimbursements and better communication regarding player appearances. However, it seems that better overall communication is still severely lacking. The team's training fields in Jackson being a prime example Inadequate groundskeeping is still a major issue. 
Locker room facilities are still non-existent and consisting solely of porter potties and one tiny shower located in an RV trailer. The shower trailer was installed shortly after the Equalizer article was published and was said to be a stopgap solution until suitable accommodation was provided. A month later, and the trailer is still there with little hope that the front office will come through on their promise of adequate facilities. This is just one of the one example of the team's approach of putting a Band-Aid on a broken leg. Gosh, all, reading all this out loud reminds me of like when you're in elementary school and you say popcorn and you have to read in front of the entire class and then you mess up all the words. <laughs> so sorry, everyone. Um the tenor and tone around the club is not indicative of long-term positive change. There seems to be more concern with keeping up appearances than admitting there are real problems that need immediate attention. Taking all of the information that has come out over the past month into account, we can no longer give Tony Novo a vote of confidence. As general manager, it is his responsibility to ensure that the players are taken care of and treated as professionals. That has clearly not been the case. Quick fixes from a part-time GM are not acceptable for professional organization. As such, we are calling for Mr. Novo's removal as president and general manager of Sky Blue FC. We do want to acknowledge that the club has always supported Cloud9 and has a vested interest in our growth as a supporters club. That does not, however, negate the fact that he has repeatedly failed the players that have been under his care for the course of his tenure here. We feel that the only way for this team to have any hope of flourishing is to fire a f hire a full-time general manager who is free from the sins of the past. To the fans of Sky Blue FC, we urge you to keep supporting our players, keep fighting for them. They are the reason we are here every game, rain or shine. Their lives, careers, and mental health are worth far more than the part-time job of one man. 100%. Absolutely. Man, makes me want to cry. Like, yep. I want Sky Blue to go win games, period. Uh, it's rough. It's rough, y'all. I, I I just I hope a positive change. Like again, like with with what we've seen with Boston and Kansas City, like I don't want to see another market lose its team. I hope a, a solution comes that lets that fan base, especially when you read a letter like that uh, from their supporters group, like they, I don't want to see them lose a team or have to you know come back and get a new one later or something like that. Like. Somebody's. I really hope somebody steps up and and fixes that, so that they can keep their traditions, keep their their environment. You know, create something better, and you know the players, just all of it. I I I I want to see what I can like look into to promote that more and keep conversations going. And if there's any way we can help, like from from our perspective as a fan base, uh, I want to see what we can do because. Uh, it would be it would be sad to see them be yet another casualty of this kind of disparity between bigger teams and, and smaller teams. Let's uh I'm sure we could do a sign of like Novos out or whatever. <laughs> we'll talk to that Rick. We'll talk to we'll talk yeah. to Tupole, the two pole master and see what we can dream up for our last home game. We'll get some we'll get some sky blue related signs up in the stadium for the Chicago match. Um, all right, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to the longest episode ever of the Royals FC show. If you made it this far, we appreciate it. Um, also quick before we go, 
So we are going to be under a new SoundCloud. I'm not sure if it'll be for this episode. If it is for this episode, then you already found it. Yay. Um, if not, the new SoundCloud is just Utah Royals FC show or Royals FC show. It's just no longer joined with the RSL show, which is, will be different. Um, but yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Um, always share things we do. Man, I'm getting tired now and I can't do the whole word thing. It's okay. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but if you see us at games, like come say hi. I had someone come say hi. Uh, I think his name was Spencer at the last game. It's like, hey, listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, that's always cool. We always like love hearing that and keep interacting with us on Twitter. Um, anyways, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Have a good week, y'all. Take care. (laughs) 